Back to the book of James, we left off uh, right about the seventh verse. Uh, and in this particular chapter of the book of James, um, it deals with uh, practicing the truth. It deals with the practical aspects of our faith walk. Because as I said all along, and y'all hear me say this time and time again, it's one thing to sing about faith. It's one thing to sing about Jesus. It's one thing to talk about what you believe, but the mature person, the person who's growing in their faith, uh, will not only just talk about God's word, uh, but they'll do God's word. Talking is never a substitute for doing. And the key scripture uh, that we all we quote all the time in James one verse number 22 says, but be ye doers of the word. And not hearers only, deceiving your own self. Amen. And so uh, we are plowing through this practical book that gives us a blueprint on how to live out our faith in a way that's pleasing to God. So uh, you should still have your outline from last week. Um, And in this, we talked about the fact that immature people talk about their belief, but mature the mature person lives his faith. Uh, and the way we behave, listen to very carefully, the way we behave toward people indicates what we really believe about God. I want y'all to repeat that with me again. Read it out loud on purpose. Y'all read it? Let's read. It says, what? the way, do y'all have your outline? Y'all got it? The way we behave toward people indicates what we really believe about God. We cannot separate human relationships from divine fellowship. In other words, I cannot uh, ignore how I treat people. I cannot ignore how uh, I may allow something between me and another person uh, to to linger in the last and think that it won't affect my fellowship with God. I cannot be crossways with people in horizontal relationship and be okay with God in my vertical relationship. Y'all got that? Because God... Amen. Saved us, left us here so that you and I uh, would have the privilege of being able to pour into the lives of people. So we got to learn how to get along with people. Amen. That means all kinds of folks, people that look like us and people who don't look like us, family members and non-family members, co-workers and non-co-workers, you know, on down the line, parent, child. We got to learn how to get along. So we said that in this section of the book. Uh, Chapter two, James examines four basic Christian doctrines in light of the way we uh, a lot of the way we treat other people. Okay, Uh, number number one, we said we talked about the deity of Christ, right? The deity of Christ. Jesus was not a respected person. He was he was despised and rejected by the religious leader. But he the deity of Christ is something that we got to make sure that we understand that he was fully God, yet he's fully man. Second thing we talked about was the grace of God in, in verses five through seven. OK, and we talked about the fact that God ignores national differences. We you know, we we sometimes get caught up and other people get caught up in in, in what nationality you are, what you look like on the outside. But God does not get caught up in that. Are you all with me today? God knew the way you, were, you and I were going to look before we were born. Right. And so so if God doesn't get caught up in it, we have no business getting caught up in making differences based on somebody's nationality. Okay, 
And, and we also said that that God ignores social differences because sometimes in churches, depending on a person's economic status, uh, will determine what that person uh, is able to do in the church setting. And I shared with you on last week that it's not about who you are out there, but it's, it's about who you are on the inside. Amen. Is everybody still with me? So we talked about the grace of God. So in this tonight, we're going to roll a little bit further and we're going to begin to deal with uh, the third uh, uh, Christian doctrine that we got to be make sure that we are uh, uh, fully aware of in light of the way we treat people is the word of God. Everybody say the word of God. So let's go to James chapter number two and we'll begin our reading at verse number eight. James two, verse number eight. Amen. Ready to read. It says, yes, indeed. It is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, verse number nine. But if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. Read that again. If you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You're guilty of breaking the law. Let's read on. For the person who keeps all of the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. For the same God who said you must not commit adultery also said you must not murder. So if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you have still broken the law. Now let's 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 park here for a second, see if we can unpack some gospel truths out here to help us to understand how we should walk. Uh, as believers in in the year 2019, amen. Uh, there, you know, here recently, I say in, in in the recent here recently in the recent past, there there has you know if you study trends in Christianity, there are certain denominations and certain churches who have gotten to the point to where uh, they are having intense discussion, theological discussions over whether or not the inspiration and the authority of the word of God is what the Bible claims and what we say it is. In other words, there, there, are, there are some uh, churches and some denominations who are of the opinion that the Bible is not God's authoritative word. It is a good book uh, and it has some truths and some principles in there. But it being the authority by which we were governed what's right and what's wrong, what's moral and what's immoral. There are some who are who, who, who don't think the Bible is relevant for that particular uh, 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 venue of, of for that particular uh, uh, job that God left it here uh, to perform. Uh, and so whenever you get to a point to where you as a Christian fail to acknowledge or fail to. To, to realize that God's word, the Bible is God's revealed word as he gave to mankind under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And when you refuse to accept the Bible, the priest's word, as it is the word of God, then now we're, you're heading down a pathway that causes you, uh, anybody who takes that, that, that mode of thinking, causes them to not be able to have a standard of truth. And so if we don't have a standard of truth, then now I can define my own truth. I, I was reading uh, uh, an article the other day, uh, and this I, I don't even know this particular guy, but he's a TV personality, and he made a comment about the fact that 
uh, a, a three or four year old should not be uh, in, in the position of trying to determine what gender they are. I don't know if y'all read that story. And, and the blowback that he got from saying that a three or four year old should be trying to decide if they're going to be a boy or a girl. Now you think about it just for a second. There are people now who have the mindset because they've, they've gotten away from the word of God and what God's word says about uh, he created Adam and Eve, he created man and woman, right? When you get away from that, that, that principle truth, then now people are beginning to say, I, I choose to identify it with one gender or another. Doesn't matter what my biological parts say, I just, I've decided I'm, I identify as a woman. And this guy got blowback from the media and from different people saying you shouldn't say that a three or four year old shouldn't have the right to choose whether or not he's going to be a boy or a girl. Now, I'm going to tell you, that's some crazy stuff. Are you with me? But that crazy stuff happens when we pull away from the pure, unadulterated word of God. And the enemy has... From, from the beginning of creation, from the time in the Garden of Eden, the enemy has sought out to, 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 to delegitimize God's word. Yea, hath God said, that's what he told Eve in the Garden of Eden, right? And if, if, if the enemy can get you to doubt the integrity and the authenticity of God's word, then he'll have you, he'll have your mind at a point to where he could feed you anything. And you don't, you're not able to determine what's true and what's not true. You start going what the people say or what people feel or what people think. There's a whole lot of stuff that you may think or feel in your natural self that ain't right. Am I right about it? And so we need a standard of truth that will help us to govern and determine what's right and what's wrong. You know, all, all this mass, uh, uh, these mass killings that have taken place over, the, over this past weekend, over the past few weeks or so, it, it's, it's horrible. But you know what? What people don't want to say and recognize is that a lot of that stuff stems from evil. So if I if I if I declare something to be evil, the reason why some people don't do that is because if I declare something to be evil, that means that I've declared there's a moral standard. And so people don't want to say that there's a moral standard because they have to they, they have to say that there, well, if there's a moral standard, then there has to be a a doctrinal truth that decides what's moral and what's immoral. So I'm here to tell you, uh, this stuff that's going on has a direct correlation to people not, amen, appreciating and not uh, taking the time to understand that God's word is truth. Amen. And so there's, there's debate even among Christians about the authenticity of God's word. So, so when we look at this, in, in, go back to verse number eight here. James is going to reach back into the Old Testament uh, and pull out one of God's law. He, he says here, yes. It is, it is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scriptures. And he's quoting Old Testament scripture. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Coming from Leviticus 19 and 18. Y'all remember in, the, in, the, in Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus told us that our neighbor is anyone who needs our help, right? You remember the Good Samaritan, right? The, the story of the Good Samaritan who who came in and helped someone who, by culture and by and by society standard, he shouldn't have had anything to do with that fellow who was left for dead on the, by the side of the highway, because Jews and Samaritans didn't get along. 
Jews and Samaritans had, had, had issue. So let's fast forward. Uh, even in today's society, sometimes some people will tell you, well, you shouldn't do that with that person because they have a different race and culture than you are. But guys, let me tell you something. I, I don't care what somebody else does. We as born again believers have to make sure we stand on truth. And so God does not, and he is not a respecter of persons. Amen. He is a respecter of faith, but not a respecter of persons. But your neighbors, anybody who needs our help. Amen. It's not a matter of where you came from, geography, but it's about opportunity. You can have somebody who's your neighbor who lives 30 miles away from you. Can I get a witness? So when we look at this, talking about the word of God, it's critically important. Uh, why is love thy neighbor called the royal law? Okay, look at this next verse. It says, in verse number nine, it says what? But if you, uh, if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. Verse 10 says, for the person who keeps all of the laws except one is as guilty as the person who has broken all of God's law. 11, for the same uh, God who said you must not commit adultery also said you must not murder. So if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you have still broken the law. It's called, uh, the KJV says in verse number eight, if you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. Now, it's called royal law. For one thing, it was given by the king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, right? And so God the Father gave it in the law, and God the Son reaffirmed it to his disciples over in John the 13th chapter, verse number 34. Amen? God the Spirit fills our hearts with God's love, and he expects us to share that love with others. Go to Romans 5 and 5 with me right quick. All right? So it's called the royal law, first of all, because the king of kings gave it. Okay, God the Father gave that law, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, guys, how many of y'all know, listen very carefully, how many of y'all know and how many of y'all are willing to admit that the ability to love your neighbor as yourself cannot be done in your own strength? How many of y'all are willing to admit that? How many of y'all are willing to admit that there are some people, when you look at that scripture, you're like, "Uh uh-uh, not that person, not that neighbor. God, give me another neighbor. Anybody? Some of y'all got some literal neighbors who stay next to you. But, but, but again, a neighbor is anybody who's not you. But, but the ability, I want you to hear what he said. He says, love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, if God told us to do that in his word and Jesus reaffirmed it, amen, amen, when he was walking here on earth, then that is something that we have the capacity to do, but not in our own strength. Because I don't know about anybody else in here. I love all of y'all, but, but some things, if it come down to me and you, you got to go. <laughs> I mean, I love you, but in my own strength, I wouldn't be able to love you like my own self. But with the Holy Spirit being allowed to do what he has the capacity and the power to do, I can love you like my own self. Are y'all with me today? Again, none, none, I say this all the time, none of y'all probably would, would offer your child up if somebody came in and said, we're going to shoot every, every, every child in this building, uh, uh, but we're going to start with yours first. How many of y'all would say, no, don't start with him, start with mine? And I'm going to give everybody, everybody else a chance to run. How many of y'all would, would, would volunteer your child to be the first one to get shot? 
No, you wouldn't. All right. Most of us will be running ourselves. All of all of us will be trying to get out of here, right? Unless we had something on us. And if we had something on us, then we would probably return fire before even before it was fired up. But my point is this: you know, when it, when push comes to shove, most of us uh, will revert back to making sure we're taking care of ourselves, unless the Holy Spirit is allowed to fill us and do his perfecting work in us. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. You can't do that on your own. I'm telling you right now, you can't do that on your own, all right? Because we are inherently selfish. I mean, I, I know you're saved, and I know you speak another tongue, and I know if you die today, you're going to heaven, but we are inherently selfish. Because we're going to think about ourselves most of the time before we think about somebody else. But God says, when you allow me to be on the throne, then now I can cause you to think differently. All right. And I can't love my neighbor as myself in my own strength. I don't know about I, I, I can't. But with God abiding on the inside of me, I can. Now watch what watch what the text says right here in Romans five and five. Are you all there with me? Come on, let's read. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts. What? Come on, read it one more time. He's given us what? The Holy Spirit to do what? Now watch this. To fill our hearts with what? His love. I just told you, your kind of love and my kind of love won't allow you and me to put others before us, but when the Holy Spirit fills our hearts with his love, then now we have the capacity to put others before ourselves. Are you with me today? Whenever you find people who are, who are just really selfish and they only think about themselves, that means that they have not allowed the Holy Spirit to fill them and to overtake their heart. Because you can't do this without the Holy Spirit. He says here, for we know how, how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with what? His love. To fill our hearts with his love. Okay? Now, as we get, so, so again, uh, love thy neighbor is called a royal law because it comes from God. Okay? And it's also called a royal law because it rules over all the other law. Okay? It's, it, it rules over all the other law. Go to Romans 13 and 10. It's called royal law because it, it actually rules all the other laws. Look at what the text says in Romans 13 and verse number 10. Are you there with me? Come on, let's read together. We read from the New Living Translation and we go to the KJV. It says what? Love does no wrong to others. Look at that. Love does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirements of God's law. That's what it does. Look at it from the KJV right quick. Come on, let's go. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. It says, love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Now, think about that for a second. All right? We talked about why is love thy neighbor uh, the royal law? Because it comes from God, first of all. And second of all, it rules all, it, it rules all the other laws. It says, love is the fulfilling of the law. If I am walking in agape love, then that means there are certain things I won't do because agape love is abiding on the inside of me. Love will cause me not to cheat you. 
Love will cause me not to lie to you. Love will cause me to be honest and transparent with you. Are y'all with me today? Okay. So, so, uh, uh, so, so we look at that, it, it, it's called a royal law because it comes from God, and also it, it's, it's the law that, that transcends everything else that's written. Because if, if, if I'm walking in love, uh, I'm not going to work any ill toward my neighbor. I'm not going to treat you wrong. Are y'all tracking with me today? So the question becomes, why do we see in churches and why do we see and have Christians who are treating other Christians wrong? That happens, doesn't it? From time to time. Hopefully that's not, that's not a, a lifestyle thing, but it happens from time to time. And, and the reason why it happens is I think it's because people have not allowed the Holy Spirit to fill them and to overtake them. And so because this Christian walk was never designed to be lived in our own strength. Okay. And so many of us are trying to do that, trying to live it in our own strength. Now let's get back to the text again. Okay. Um. Uh, Love will set us free, amen, from selfishness, and it will enable us to reign like kings, amen, here in the earth realm when we walk in God's love. Because so, the text said his, his love fills our heart, amen. Now, um, glory to God. Uh, let, let's get back to, uh, to James uh, chapter uh, 2, and we'll look at verse number 9, okay? He gives us a, a strong warning against showing partiality. Showing partiality or favoritism, he says, is a sin because it violates the royal law which says love your neighbor as yourself. Um, uh, you know, that, that, that concept is all throughout scripture. Um, if you look at, if you, if you go, go, go with it real quickly, let's, let's, let's run back to um, Romans, the 13th chapter. Let's look at verse 8. Before we, we'll read 8 down to verse 10. Go, go back to Romans 13 with him right quick. I want you to read that. Romans 13, chapter verse number 8, okay? All right, so we're talking about the Word of God. The Word of God gives us a standard for righteousness, okay? He says, owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill God's, fulfill the requirement of God's law. 9, again, says what? For the commandments say you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other such commandments, watch this, are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay? When you do that, you fulfill all the law. Now think about that for a second. When you love your neighbor as yourself, you fulfill all of the law. Galatians 5 and 14 says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's a common thing, okay? 1 John 3 and 23 says, and this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment, okay? Are y'all with me? Now watch this, watch this. Uh, Go to 1 John 4 and 16 with me right quick. So showing, he says showing partiality is a sin. So, so what, what that tells me is, is the church has to get to a point, the believers have to get to a point to where we don't treat people differently because of their social status or how they look on the outside. That's, that's basically what James is trying to drive home in this second chapter. Because too many times, even if you treat it wrong because of the way you look, it's wrong for you to turn around and treat somebody else 
bad because of the way they look. All right? Y'all still tracking with me? All right? Look at what the text says here in 1 John 4, 16. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God does what? Now, again, this kind of love we're talking about is what agape love. That's the, that's the unconditional love. That's the kind of love that, that God says he wants to abide in us, that love that's, that's not predicated on what you did for me. It's, just pres- it's predicated on who's in me. Are you with me? Agape love, God kind of love. We, we saw in Romans 5 and 5, he says he fills our heart with what? His love. And when his, our heart is filled with his love, it begins to exude out of us and we can see the love of God in, by the way we act and by the way we treat our fellow man. Are y'all with me today? Okay. So sh- showing partiality is, is sin. Uh, and, and the second thing I want you to just make a note of, of is this showing partiality makes a person guilty of the whole law. Because if you, if, the Bible says this, if you, if you're guilty of one aspect of the law, you're guilty of it all. Are you with me today? All right, so if, I, if I'm doing that and it's sin, then I'm guilty of the whole law. All right, so we got to make sure that we don't uh, get into a, a situation where we are, are, are allowing our ways of thinking, maybe how we've been treated, maybe, maybe how somebody did us bad to cause us to do someone else the same way. Because James says that how we treat others is going to be an indicator of our maturity in our faith walk. The mature saint lives out his faith. The mature saint, amen, is careful how he treats other people. Amen? Showing partiality is just as serious a sin as adultery and killing somebody. Did y'all hear that? Let's go back to James. Let me drive the point home because I think that kind of... Because if the truth be told... We sort of put degrees on sin, don't we? Come on now. Well, you know, they just, they just told a little white lie. You know, they, they exaggerated a little bit. You know, and, uh, ain't no, no harm, no foul. I beg to differ. <laughs> and then we'll, put, we'll, we'll, we'll say, okay, that guy who did this is not as bad as that guy who did that. But if we go back to James, let's go back to James, the second chapter again, and take a look at what it says. Okay, I want you to, I want you to hear it. Uh, it says, for the person who keeps all of the laws except one is as guilty as the person who has broken all of God's laws. That's what it says, right? Read it with me out loud on purpose. For the person who keeps all of the laws except one. Because people will run up here and say, well, you know, I did all this. I did this. The only problem I got is with those people. The only problem I got is with Gwen White. I don't like her. The only problem I got is, is, is with Charles Hardiman. We had an off 15 years ago, and I just can't forgive him. Are you, care, are you seriously caring off for 15 years? Are you seriously carrying something around? And there are people who are carrying stuff from childhood. There are people who are still carrying stuff from their first marriage, hadn't forgiven their spouse. And that burden... It's causing them not to be in a position where they can love like God wants to love. The person who keeps all of the laws except one is as guilty as the person 
who has broken all of the laws. Look, look at this next verse. Watch it again. Uh, for the same God who said, you mu- again, y'all, we, we read this for him. He says, the same God who said you must, you must not commit adultery, uh, said you must not mur- murder. So if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you've still broken the law. All of it calls us to be counted as guilty, guys. Okay? So showing partiality is just as serious a sin is as adultery and killing someone. Okay? Partiality is a sin that selects and favors one person over another. And, and when I say that, I'm talking about how we treat people. We got to make sure that we are doing what God told us to do. We can't worry about what nobody else is doing. Go to Romans the 12th chapter one right quick. Romans 12, verse number nine. Scripture is clear when it warns us, the church, we as born again believers, are to not show partiality. Romans 12 and 9, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. KJV says, let love be without dissimulation or without hypocrisy. All right. Now, how many of y'all have been in church and, and maybe your love bank wasn't where, wasn't where it needed to be and then you, you were feeling a certain sort of way about a certain person? All right. And 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 the text says, don't just pretend to love others, but really love them. So as a believer, for me to be able to do this, I've already told you, I can't. I don't know. I know none of you all can. You can't do this in your own strength. It's going to take his Holy Spirit filling our hearts to cause us to not treat people differently because of maybe something we've been through together. Are you with me? Okay. So, so don't just pretend to love them. Others really love, really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Uh, uh, again, uh, if you go to um, uh, Romans the 15 chapter, verse 1 through 2, let's read that right quick, okay? Now, when we talk about Christian love, and when I'm talking about loving others, don't just pretend. Christian love does not mean that that you may like the ways of everybody who you deal with. Come on. And Christian love don't mean that you're going to agree with everything that person says or does. Are you with me today? You know, I may not like the way some people talk. Some people talk rough and they, and they cuss. I don't, I, I, I don't like to be around people who use profanity. I mean, I think it's, I, I, I personally think it's, I told y'all, other side, I, I think it's, it's, it's a sign of, 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 of unintelligence. <laughs> Can I put it that way? Because again, the God, the God who we serve tells us that, that the words of our mouth should be edifying. The words of, and I, and I know some of y'all have had problems with, with cursing. I'm not, I'm not talking about you personally because I, I don't, I don't know of any of y'all that have cursed in front of me. I think y'all respect the pastor enough not to just let loose. You at least you go home and let loose. I'm going to applaud you for letting go. I'm not going to applaud you for that. I, I, I can't think of anybody who just let loose in front of me. Now, I had some counseling session where it got close. Okay? <laughs> but, but, but my point is, <laughs> is, is, is we got to make sure that what comes out of our mouth is edifying to God. It's building our faith up, our testimony up. Because it's too easy 
to lose your influence. It's too easy to ruin your testimony in the heat of the moment. In, the, in that period of time where you allow your emotions and your anger to take over and you say something or do something that is not indicative of someone who's a born-again believer. And all of us are subject to doing something that causes us to ruin our testimony. None of us are so good, hear me carefully, none of us here are so good that we, 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 have the, uh, we should have the mindset that, no, not me. Because if the right button is pushed, something may come out of you that you, you forgot was in you. Am I right about it? All right, now watch this. Watch, watch Romans 15 right quick. So Christian love, when he's talking about this, you know, we got to make sure that we are, uh, are, are loving people without partiality. We who are strong must con- be considered of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. Now, again, what Paul was dealing with in this particular passage of scripture, he was talking about weak and strong believers. And we know when we studied this, we studied the book of Romans, we, we talked about the fact that there were some who, who thought that uh, certain dietary restrictions uh, they had to adhere to and uh, they couldn't eat certain meat that had been offered unto idols and, uh, and certain holy days and that type of thing. And what Paul is saying, he says, we who are strong must be considered those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. In other words, I may have liberty, again, to eat pork, but if I'm going to, if I'm inviting somebody to my house who thinks pork, eating pork is a sin, I know it's okay, but I shouldn't just sit down, I shouldn't lay out pork all in front of them and say, come on, let's, let's eat. Because again, you got to remember, in, I, I shared with you before, in this culture, it, it would be rude and very insensitive to be invited to someone's house to eat and then you wouldn't eat. That, that was, that was, that was, that was a real, touchy thing. So Paul is telling these folks here, even though you have the liberty, don't just please your own self. Look at the next verse. Read it. We should help others do what is right and build them what? And build them what? And build them up in the Lord. Let everyone, KJV said, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. We're trying to build people up. Amen. So, so when we look at this, let's get back to James and we're going to try to finish this chapter out right quick. So the word of God should continue to govern our actions. Let's get back and see what it says here in verse, um, go down to verse number 12, James chapter two, verse number 12. He says, so whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. Okay, we get into this, the last part. The last doctrine he deals with is the judgment of God. So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. Whatever you say, we've been talking about what we say in our prayer lives, right? Remember that? The, the, the power of words, death and life is in the power of tongue. We got to be very careful about what we let, allow to come out of our mouth. Don't waste words. And be careful about the words that you say, because you never know. You may say something that can crush somebody, and you may not even be aware of it. So that's why you got to be careful what you say. And I have to watch that sometimes. Uh, I'll, I'll tell my, I ask my how did that sound? Did, did that resonate? Was that sound like I was being rude? Sometimes when I'm preaching to you guys, I, I, I want to be real. I want to be transparent. I, I want to challenge you to think differently, uh, but I don't want to offend you either. 
Hello? Did y'all hear me? I'm going to speak truth to you. And I want to speak it plainly where you can understand it. But I, but I want you to receive it because a man offended is harder than we want in a strong city, right? But, I, but I'm not going to say anything rude to anybody because I'm not preaching to you individually. I've told you all that before, right? But watch what he says. So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. Let's go to the next, next verse. It says what? There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. Here we go. Because again, what is he dealing with in this, in this, in this part of this section of this book? He's dealing with how we treat others. How we treat others cannot be separated from our divine fellowship with God. And so I'm going to tell you right now, if you're not treating people right and you think you're right with God, you are confused. Are you with me? All right. There'll be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, what will happen? God will be merciful. when he just, I need all the mercy I can get. So I'm going to be merciful. I'm going to go. I would rather go overboard being merciful than not merciful. Because if what it says is God will be merciful when he judges you. Are y'all with me today? Okay. Watch this. Go to the next verse. Let's read on. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can I kind of faith save anyone? Now, I want you to jot this down right quick. Uh, well, no, you already got in your outline. Our words are going to be judged. Our deeds are going to be judged. And guess what? Our attitudes are going to be judged. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions, can that kind of faith save anyone? Verse 15, watch what he says here. Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing. He's getting to the, the meat of what he's talking about. Mature believers live out their faith. And you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? I, I, what, what good does that do? Uh, well, look, look, look at the next verse. Watch this. Watch this. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. You can talk about how much faith you got, but if, if your faith is not showing up in what you do, then it, it, it's, it's no good. Faith without works is what? All right. So there should be a corresponding connection to what we say we believe and how we act. That's what he's getting to right here. Okay. All right, let's keep moving. Next verse, read. It says, now, someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Look at what he's saying. Let's keep reading. 19, read. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. Next verse, read. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Now, this is critically important. I, that's why I'm, I'm so thankful. And, and I, I want to say this again. You guys were so awesome in pouring into our community through our Lend a Hand outreach. Um, uh, you know, and you guys did a, a, a yeoman's job of, of bringing things that were 
that, that, that calls for sacrifice, things that were new or close to new. And, and, and the way y'all loved on the community is very special. And that mentality and attitude, we want to continue to keep going, um, not just at Linda Hand time, but, but in our individual lives. We do that corporately, but in our individual lives, when we run across needs and, and those needs are discovered, are uncovered as we relate to people, what we are teaching corporately should begin to be manifested individually in your life. When you find a family that generally has a need and you become aware of it and it's in your power to help, then you have an obligation to help. Are y'all with me? So what we're teaching corporately has to begin to show up in our individual lives. Amen? Watch what it says. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Come on. Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? Now, y'all remember the story, right? How was Abraham and Sarah believing God for the, for the son? And finally, in their old age, he came. But then God began to test Abraham and told him to go build an altar. And that son you've been believing for all this time, I want you to go and sacrifice him on the altar. Because God wanted to show. Now, 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 we know that God knows all things. And so uh, God wanted to make sure that Abraham knew that, it, it, that, that, that what God had blessed him with, if God blesses us with it, God has a right to, to, to take what, he, what he's given us and use it or take what he, he's given us and bring, and, and bring it back to himself. Okay? So, so the, the text says, don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. It's easy to say we got faith. It's easy to say that I believe and I trust God. But I'm telling you right now, if you don't have action that corresponds with what you say you believe, you don't really believe what you say you believe. Okay? You don't believe it. If you really believe that God will supply all of your needs, According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If you really believe that he'll rebuke the devourer for your sake and won't cause your ground to be destroyed, then you'll be willing to give unto him of your financial resources. But if you don't really believe that, if you can't see it, you can't figure it out, you won't turn it loose. All right, watch this. Next verse, let's go. Here we go. You see his faith and his actions work together. Faith and action have to go together. If you say you love somebody, guys, let me tell you something right quick. Love is an action word. If someone is telling you that they love you, but they beating on you, that ain't love. Are you, are you, are you listening to me? That's not love. If someone tells you they love you, but they won't do anything for you or to help you, that's not really love. Because love is an when we say we love God, but we won't submit ourselves to his will and do things that he has ordained and, and, and command us to do, then guys, we don't really love God like we say we do. Because he says, you see, his faith and his actions did what? They worked together. They worked together. Okay, let's keep reading. Um, you see, okay, and so it, it happened just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God 
and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called what? The friend of God. Guys, what James is trying to get us to see is, is that there has to be some practicality to our profession. There has to be uh, some, some, some put up or shut up when it comes to our faith. And guys, let me tell you something. When we claim to have faith, it is going to be tested. Because we can come in, we can sing about Jesus, we can dance about him, we can, we can shout, we can, we can testify. But until, until we get in a situation where we have to trust him completely and it causes us to make a step of faith when we don't see the answer and we're willing to make this step of faith, we don't really know what we really got. You don't know what you really have until you have to step out in faith. Okay? So Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. I want to be called the friend of God. Look at 24. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Read that. Come on, let's read it. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Okay? Because faith will have correspond true faith will have corresponding action. 25, let's read it. Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Y'all remember those spies were there and um, um, they came in and she, uh, and she, she protected them. Verse 26, it says what? Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. And that's what he's trying, that, that, that's, the, that's the gist of this second chapter, is that too many of us, I believe what Paul is trying, the message that James is trying to get to us is this. Too many of us have been talking about this stuff in Sunday school for a long time. Too many of us have been pontificating about faith. And we give our philosophy, we give our advice, and we talk about faith, we talk about God. But James says, the mature saint, the one who's really getting this stuff, what you're learning will show up in what you do in your everyday life. Because in your everyday life, guys, you're going to have challenges. Being saved don't mean that you're not going to have challenges. Being saved don't mean that you're not going to mess up. Being saved means that I have a connection with the Holy God who gives his Holy Spirit to empower me to be able to love my neighbor like myself. Because in my own strength, I cannot do it. So my, my challenge to everyone here tonight is, is stop trying to live your Christian faith in your own strength and out of your own wisdom. Quit trying to, ooh, I'm going to know I'm going to do it. I'm going to, ooh, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to try hard. I'm going to try hard. That's the problem. You keep trying hard and not allowing the Holy Spirit to have his perfecting work in you. In other words, yielding your will to his will, allow him to fill you so that God's, God's Holy Spirit filling your heart will cause his love to pour out of you. And that love will be backed up by corresponding action, okay? Everybody said, let's do this stuff. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. God bless you.